We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Curtis Patrick going solo tonight. Dave has other things he is doing. Everything's going crazy on the timelines tonight, on the TV screens tonight. The NFL Combine is in full swing in Indianapolis. And the wide receivers, as I'm recording this, are throwing up some insane, just absolutely insane 40 times. Now... I should preface all of this by saying the 40 basically doesn't matter at all uh, in terms of uh, relevance in predicting future fantasy production uh, as a standalone metric anyway. There, there are other metrics uh, that can be derived uh, in, in part from using 40 that matter. You know, things like uh, speed score, freak score, if you will. Um, but just 40 time alone absent all other context doesn't really matter so you see these guys that were not on your radar at all putting up these blazing times you know maybe they go from undrafted to day three dart throw uh for an nfl team when you see when you see guys like christian watson though who's been a late riser in the process from a small school who looks to be a very impressive physical specimen and then he's up there running around a four three. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty exciting. I think it legitimizes uh, day two for him for sure. So just take it all in stride as you're thumbing through all the forty times on Friday morning. If you're not following along uh, Thursday evening, just just keep that in mind. Forty time alone should not be enough to convince you differently uh, about this class uh, than maybe you felt. Uh, going into things. So before we get into tonight's topic, which is going to be a review of Corbin Young's free agent running backs, notable metrics and possible team fits, we've got to hit our FFPC stat attack. And tonight's, I guess I should say this morning's FFPC stat attack uh, actually is brought to you by uh, Corbin Young, and it's about one Melvin Gordon. I mean, Melvin Gordon is so old, and I play you know, a lot of Dynasty. Uh, it's my favorite way to play the game. If 
but he's so old, he's basically off the radar. I mean, he's going to enter the 2022 season at 29 years old, but he did perform really well in, in some pretty important metrics. And I think, you know, that could guarantee him a job uh, as a, a complimentary back uh, in, the, in this free agent class. Also, uh, you got to remember, this is a relatively weak running back class. So players like Gordon that maybe you would have kicked to the curb in the past, I think they still got to have some level of relevance. Maybe he's a throw-in player for you. Maybe he's a very end of dynasty startup pick for you. Maybe he is a player that you want to mix into uh, uh, a middle to late round heavy best ball running back draft strategy. But here, here are the metrics. 2.7 yards after carry ranked 13 amongst all running backs. 9.9% broken tackle rate was in the top 16. Had a 17% overall evasion rate, which was 10th. Among, among all running backs with 100 carries. So evasion rate, broken tackle, plus forced missed tackles. So, man, Melvin, in his age 28 season, still getting it done for the Broncos. He also cracked the top 24 in points per game, um, and he had 259 total opportunities, which was 11th amongst running backs in 2020. And then in 2021, he had 241 total opportunities, which was 15th among running backs. So that's a great way uh, to kick off this show. But just a reminder that FFPC stat attack uh, that can come in handy playing in FFPC leagues. You can adopt dynasty orphans right now. You can play their never too early best ball tournament, which Sean and I and others on the site are absolutely crushing right now. Uh, So check that out. You can find it at myffpc.com. Okay, let's get into this thing. So we, we kicked it off with Melvin Gordon, and uh, Corbin hypothesizes a, a few different things for Gordon's 2022, uh, first of which would be the Broncos keeping Melvin Gordon. And I can see it. He's familiar with the system, but it also definitely feels like, or maybe it's just that we all want it desperately to happen, that Javante Williams will have a larger role um, even if Gordon were to be back, I would think that split would maybe work a little bit differently. Uh, he also notes, you know, and, and these teams will be mentioned for many of the backs that we talk about in the episode tonight, Houston Texans, Atlanta Falcons, Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars could also use some depth, uh, or potentially a new starter in the case of, you know, Atlanta and Miami in particular. Plus you got the weird situation in Tampa, you know, will they bring back Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones or both? Uh, it's a team that we're not sure if they're going to turn everything over or try to run it back and bring in a veteran uh, quarterback. So for Gordon in particular, the Dolphins and Buccaneers, Corbin uh, states, have the most intrigue because they're also potentially uh, not deep at the skill positions outside of running back, You know, which feels a little bit weird to say because Tampa felt loaded recently, but Antonio Brown's gone. Chris Godwin's going to be gone. Rob Gronkowski could be gone. I mean, it could be Mike Evans and then whoever else is up next. I mean, Gordon lands there. If he gets the passing down work, you know, it could be PPR cheat code in 2022, even at an advanced age. And then the Dolphins, I mean, they're going to turn that thing, you know, totally over with, you know, Mike McDaniel installing a new rushing attack there. So interesting notes there on Melvin. Moving on, we won't spend much time on David Johnson. Uh, one of the oldest backs in the free agency class at 30 years old. Uh, he only averaged 6.4 fantasy points per game in 2021. 
uh, I, I mean, the Texans offense was, was ripe for someone to step forward, uh, in terms of production, you know, but, uh, it was just a, it was just a bad situation for the aging, uh, runner here. Yeah. He did have a 12% evasion rate, but all of his other advanced stats are, are pretty worrisome. Um, I think we can move on here. You know, David Johnson is not a player that's on our radar in really any draft format at this point. Moving on to Leonard Fournette. So we had playoff Lenny back in 2020. Then in 2021, he was the RB4 in points per game at 18.2. I'm not really remembering the season that way, but that's the way it played out. Um, I guess I just didn't have much exposure uh, but you know, that's what you do. I mean, 263 opportunities. Uh, he was just RB 11 in that category. Uh, you know, but he was highly efficient, highly efficient, 11.6 fantasy points over expectation, uh, per game, uh, for 27 year old, uh, Fournette. Now the bucks don't have a lot of cap space, but if Fournette likes it there and, you know, maybe they can convince him that they're going to bring in an attractive quarterback, maybe he signs on a team friendly one year deal. Um, I think Fournette would be an interesting fit in Miami. Uh, you know, McDaniel has always had one of those physical runners. Fournette feels a little different than the one cut and take it to the house running backs that we've seen be so successful, you know, dating all the way back to the Washington days in the McDaniel Shanahan uh, rushing attack. And then, of course, more recently in San Francisco, you've had Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, and others. Lenny doesn't have that gear anymore, uh, but he he would be more of a fit than, say, you know, the incumbent Miles Gaskin in, in a role like that. Now, you also could add Lenny as maybe more of a pounder complement replacing Melvin Gordon in Denver. Uh, you could see Lenny go back to Jacksonville, you know, go back to where it all started. Uh, we would not like that. We're very much in on Travis Etienne. Um, you know, delayed breakout in, in year two slash actual rookie year. You could also see the Chargers potentially try to get better behind Austin Eckler. I don't think that, you know, they really would want him to touch the ball quite as much as he did in 2021, and they don't have a good physical back behind him. Um, you know, Josh Kelly has not really panned out in that role, and all the other backs profiles a little bit smaller. The Ravens, depending on how Gus Edwards works, uh, out coming back from his injury, the Eagles behind Miles Sanders. Those are a couple other interesting notes from Corbin. I had not really thought about Baltimore adding running back help, but it does make sense if you can add a different type of back, more of a pounder. It would really give you some interesting looks, in particular inside the five uh, teams not being able to key in on Jalen Hurts. The RPO could be really dangerous with a back like uh, Fournette paired up with Jalen. So I, I like those suggestions from Corbin going a little bit off the grid. Uh, with with Philly and with Baltimore. James Conner's up next. James Conner, man, he's made quite a career for himself uh, after you know being such an interesting prospect in college. Of course, famously, you know, overcoming uh, cancer and then you know not really wanting to give that job back after Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, holds out. James Conner comes in and smashes in Pittsburgh has a couple fantasy relevant seasons with some high end production along the way. And then, you know, he just smashes in Arizona last season. He has 17.1% uh, best ball win rate on FFPC last season. And, you know, he just took over right where Kenan and Drake had left off. He was scoring all of those touchdowns. 
I mean, he had some really big boom weeks. We had week nine with 40.3 PPR, week 14 with 33 and a half, week 18, 27.3, a couple other 20 pointers along the way. Connor's the type of back that really kind of kind of fit anywhere because he can do it all. He's not elite necessarily at, at anything anymore, but you know, clearly he has a lot that he can add to an offense. He's not going to disappoint. I mean, catch the ball a little bit. He, he's clearly effective inside the five, inside the 10. Um, you know, would love to actually see him back in Arizona. I think that makes a lot of sense, but there's probably going to be a lot of competition for his services and it may make sense for Arizona to uh, prioritize other needs. Um, uh, or, or spend money other ways uh, to satisfy grumpy Kyler Murray at this point. Um, Corbin talks about a couple potential fits. Man, I really like this one. Kansas City. Kansas City, we've seen uh, other big backs be really successful. I mean, Daryl Williams had a streak that was absolute heat in 2021 uh, when he was the primary back shortly after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire originally went down. James Conner at the Kansas City offense would be really, really sick. I think, you know, we'd have to pencil in him in as a low-end RB1 uh, pretty much immediately uh, with top five upside from a touchdown scoring perspective. So like that one, you know, he obviously mentions a couple of the other teams we've already hit on, but Kansas City, a very, very intriguing landing spot for Conner. I only played that drop because my throat was getting dry. <laughs> I just had, had to take a drink there. Um, we got one more back. Then we go into in depth a little bit. And then we've got the real big free agent backs with upside. But first, let's hit Sony Michelle. So Sony Michelle is both like overrated and underappreciated, I think. Um, just depends on how you look at him. You know, he's he's been incredibly consistent in terms of the touches that teams are willing to give him. Uh, he's not really adding a lot on on top of that, um, but you know seems to be a, a favorite of of GMs as part of a running back committee at this point. So, you know, where's he going to end up? Where who needs a back that can handle ten to fifteen you know carries a game and doesn't necessarily need to add anything to the backfield in terms of receiving work? Well, we've already talked about Miami. Miami could be a very good fit here. He could return to the AFC East, you know, battle his former team, New England. The Seahawks are really, really, I, I think, a great potential landing spot. If they can't afford one of the other backs we're going to talk about in a minute, Rashad Penny, if they can't afford to bring him back, if, if somebody's willing to give Penny big money, Michelle as a hedge on Chris Carson coming back from the neck injury, I think makes a ton of sense. And that would actually be a pretty good, I think, outcome for Michelle in terms of still having some fantasy utility, still, you know, being able to extend his career as, you know, a meaningful player, uh, you know, on, on a squad that, you know, if things bounce right, could be a playoff contender. Uh, it's hard to trust Chris Carson at this point. So I think whoever is the RB2, uh, assuming that Penny would leave, whoever is the RB2 in Seattle would be viable uh, in the double-digit rounds of best ball drafts immediately. And, you know, would make for a good throw in option in, in dynasty trade offers or, you know, in, in the case of FFPC uh, rookie drafts, you know, of course, a lot of veterans get kicked back. I would, I would expect Sonny Michelle to be amongst those names that is a very popular cut candidate uh, as, as, you know, managers start to trend their rosters down. So Sonny Michelle could be on your radar in, in that regard as well. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's get on to the guy I really wanted to talk about. Uh, one of the one of the two players that made this article interesting for me and, and why I wanted to review it tonight. So Corbin reviews the free agent backs with upside. Rashad Penny. You know, it, it, it's hard to... He hasn't hit, obviously, just because he, he ended last season so hot. But it, I've definitely done the what-if game so many times in my head uh, since the end of last season. You know, what if... You know, he hadn't showed up to camp 20 pounds overweight as a rookie, you know, ballooning up to almost 240 pounds. What if he had come in right away in shape and endeared himself to the Seattle coaching staff right away and Chris Carson was unable to, to hold him down um, from material touches as a rookie? I mean, what could have been? But instead, we have a situation where basically his entire rookie contract was wasted, you know, four years in the league and and we saw some flashes, but didn't get much of a glimpse of that upside until the very end. Of course, it's very convenient that he's doing it, you know, at the time when he can get that second deal after the team passes on his, you know, fifth year option. I am excited about him as a second contract back. I mean, you think about how other backs who were high draft picks, bigger bodies that ended up kind of breaking out a little bit later. You know, you obviously can't compare them. They're, you know, one's a borderline Hall of Fame trajectory type player. But even just thinking about, you know, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry wasn't given, you know, big time workloads throughout the majority of his first contract. 
just really kind of a bit player in the the ground it pound it role. You know, less than 200 carries, often really no other you know involvement for the first couple of seasons. It keeps these guys fresh, man. It just keeps them fresh. Penny looks every bit as electric now, almost at age 26, as he did in college uh, at San Diego State. So, you know, I think we could get really a big boom year or two from him. Um, and, and the circumstances have lined up where if he can stay healthy now, the mileage is so low that even in Dynasty is very interesting. But I am stacking up, just absolutely stacking up the penny shares in best ball. Um, I am 75 drafts deep over on underdog more on that next week. We talk a lot more underdog, but you know, Penny, of course, amongst my highest owned players, he appears to be careening towards 50% ownership for me yet again this year. Uh, because even after that big time end to the year in 2021, he's still going regularly in round nine of all of these drafts. Now, he's, he's a little bit more inflated over on FFPC. It seems like you got to pull the trigger a little bit earlier, you know, like an early round eight, which I've also been doing in their never too early best ball tournament. I think I have five for five shares uh, in, in my five $125 drafts over there. But even in, even in volume over an underdog, managing to get him on about 50% of rosters, I think he's going to be one of those backs that could have an incredibly high win rate again because if, like me, you believe that Penny will be you know, the, the, the forward player in a committee, the one, a player with a chance to actually have a workhorse role. It allows you to be really bold at the other positions. You can take tight end early in your draft. You can take that extra wide receiver before you get your running back too. you can even go early on a quarterback, take Lamar Jackson in the fourth or fifth round. And, and you can still create a team that really works and has upside even at that RB two uh, position waiting that late until you grab Penny. And if you get him as your RB3, I mean, just come on. You're gonna, you're definitely going to be in the position to potentially win the flex uh, waiting that long to get your RB3 anyway. So Penny, uh, from week 14 on, ranked third amongst all backs with 2.9 yards before contact uh, and first with 4.4 yards after contact. So you know, the Seahawks transition to using some fullback, uh, really giving him some space and just running that power game. And but even even after he was touched, you know, adding a lot of value. Second in broken tackle rate uh, from the time he took over as the the bona fide starter, fifteen point two percent of carries had a broken tackle, and second overall in evasion rate, twenty four percent, twenty four percent of touches uh, evading a, a would be tackler. Um, just just what a what a breakout for Penny. So uh, Corbin really doesn't talk about potential fits for Penny. He kind of sums it up by saying the Seahawks would be making a mistake by not resigning him. And I, I tend to think that he's right. I mean, they, they seem to have really found the formula. My only hesitation in being too excited about that is, of course, you know, Pete will be Pete. And it just feels like one of those things where you know, we would all expect Penny to, to come back and, and reprise that role. And then Chris, we'd you know, see Chris Carson out there taking the first carry of the season in week one. A couple other running backs to bring it home here as we sum up this this article uh, by Corbin Young. Cordero Patterson, uh, I think he's a favorite to probably return to Atlanta. He said he would like to stay there. Uh, he, he really profiles as a compliment. I think Atlanta will be in the mix for a day two running back. I think Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, either one could make a lot of sense uh, in an offense that, you know, constructed by uh, Arthur Smith, uh, definitely likes to run the ball, would like to run it more than, than they've done. 
uh, coming up through the Tennessee Titans uh, program and and having all of those successful seasons with Derrick Henry uh, in the backfield. You know, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, both bigger backs uh, that can bring a more physical element to the Atlanta Falcons backfield. Cordero Patterson would be an excellent complement to either one, and perhaps he could continue that high reception rate that he had throughout the middle uh, portion of 2021 when he was kind of you know taking the fantasy world by storm so that that's the best spot I think for Cordero Patterson they already know how to use him let's just not you know do too much with him Uh, let's get him out there for the scripted touches that he needs to have uh, and and he can be a nice uh, mix-in flex type player Rojo and Ronald Jones we talked about him in the Lenny segment earlier who knows what will happen with him? I still don't actually know if Ronald Jones is good this late into his career. Uh, the metrics indicate that, you know, uh, he's he's probably a little bit better than average. You know, uh, 3.3 yards after contact was fourth amongst all running backs back in 2020. Um, you know, so, we, so we've seen it. He actually had a, uh, got left in the dust a bit by Fournette as the year went on last year. And I think that was really the, the opportunity that he had. And we only had one game with more than 11 touches last season, you know, highly disappointing. So he, his, his best opportunity really is as an RB two. And, you know, you hope the lead dog goes down. I don't really have any exposure to Jones this season yet. Uh, I do have a couple dynasty shares, none, none that I would be like clinging to, but no one's really knocking on my door trying to get Rojo either. Uh, last back, last two backs that I want to talk about. And then I'm going to leave a couple for you to check out in the article, probably another seven or eight that you could get to. First, Chase Edmonds. We talked about Connor, you know, his backfield mate in Arizona. Uh, I, I think if the if the Cardinals bring back one back or the other, uh, you know, I, I think Edmonds is really the one they would prioritize as the potential lead back. He's just more dynamic overall than James Conner and they already got that type of production that Conner gave from Kenyon Drake. They could probably find another journeyman pounder to reprise that role, but bring Edmonds back, you know, in the more dynamic role. Um, Edmonds is a player that doesn't really have a lot of flash to the name. He's falling into the early double digit rounds of best ball drafts. Doesn't seem to have much dynasty value at all. But I think he's have a lot of roster value in any format you want to uh, any format you want to gobble him up. Uh, you know he had six point four receiving expected points, thirteenth amongst all running backs in twenty twenty one, and he was six point three also back in uh, twenty twenty, and was fourteenth amongst all running backs. So you get that receiving upside coupled with potential to bounce uh, some you know uh, regress in, in rushing touchdowns, especially if if they don't bring in another big back like Connor uh, this season. There's a lot to like with Chase Edmonds. And the last back that I'll mention tonight, and Corbin really goes in on him to highlight him, is Dearness Johnson. The RB3 behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt has gotten a little bit of run the last couple seasons. He is an RFA. Browns could potentially match an offer. Remains to be seen what the interest level will be from other teams. Uh, if I I know after the Cowboys got a, a firsthand look at what Dearness Johnson could do, uh, you know perhaps they they would go back uh, you know to the the film well there and make him an offer to to back up Zeke in the in the early down role in Dallas. But you know when you look across the board, Johnson really just pops, man. Uh, we've got. In our Rotoviz advanced stats tools, 
We've got the yards after contact. We've got the broken tackle percentage. We've got the evasion percentage. And in the top 12, you see Dearness Johnson across the board, all three categories. He ranks RB4 with 3.3 yards after contact last season. Uh, he ranked RB6 in broken tackle percentage at 12% and also RB6 in evasion percentage at 20%. So if you put faith in the things that running backs are doing once the ball is in their hands and those measures, he's got to be on your radar. And if you just run down the list, you know, who are the other players that are showing up in here? It'd be kind of foolish to look overlook Dearness Johnson. And so I think this was the most valuable blurb really from the article. I mean, top 12 in Yak, Rashad Penny, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Dearness Johnson is right smack dab in the middle of all those players. Broken tackle percentage. Javante Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Rashad Penny, A.J. Dillon, Dearness Johnson. Evasion percentage. Javante Williams, Devin Singletary, Aaron Jones, Rashad Penny, Dearness Johnson. So he, you know, he's showing up great in a metric, and he's looking a lot like some of the top backs in the league. Perhaps he lands in a spot where he would have an easier path to volume than in Cleveland, where they still have one of the best RB duos uh, there in the league with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So if you want to check out more of Corbin's notes on the free agent running back class for 2022, it is on the front page of rotaviz.com right now. Make sure you check it out. And we will be back next week to talk lots and lots and lots of rookies. (laughs) 